I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Trampoline Hall podcast. I'm your host, Misha Globerman. I'll tell you right now, the podcast may contain mature language. Trampoline Hall is a lecture series that takes place in a bar. People give lectures on all kinds of subjects with the one restriction being that they cannot lecture on subjects on which they are professionally expert. After each lecture, we take questions from the audience. We've been doing the podcast for several months now, and this is our first repeat episode. And in fact, we will be repeating our first episode. It's a really great lecture, so we're going to play it again. Uh, The topic of the lecture is dads, and the lecturer is Emily Keeler. Hi, everyone. So I'm also known as TBA, so there's buttons there. Um, And that happened because it's only been a week since I knew that I would do this. I got a text message that was like, do you want to speak at Trampoline Hall? And I was like, hmm, what am I not an expert in? (laughs) And it turns out it's dads. (laughs) So um, I'm definitely not an expert in dads because I neither am one nor have one which isn't really that unusual if you take the long view. I mean, dads are a relatively recent invention. (laughs) It took a little bit of time for us to really, like, trace the cause and effect relationship between fucking and babies, which makes sense, right? I mean, like, you fuck somebody, and then it's almost a year before you have a baby. Without science, that connection is pretty murky. (laughs) So... We probably figured this out during, I would say, our initial human agricultural period. So around the time when we started like planting things and developing property, because at that time it probably became more advantageous to have small groups, which is to say that dads are because of property. So when you think about your dad, you probably think about more than just sperm and property management, though. Um, <laughs> Dads are a pretty important part of how we organize history. That's how we think about things. Like, you know, America has its founding fathers. I kind of, in a way, got grandfathered into this talk. Even... (laughs) I mean, even Barack Obama dreams about his dad. So... Oh, also patriarchy. Um... But for some people, dads are also a really important part of how they understand their personal history. Um, Like Oedipus, for example. I mean, we wouldn't know who that dude is if it wasn't for his dad. So I I heard this anecdote once, and I only remember parts of it, or I only came in halfway through. But it was about this kid who's the son of, like, a major media mogul in Toronto. 
and he was at this party, and someone was rude to him, and he was all indignant, so he was like, do you know who my dad is? Which is a way, kind of a dad-centric way for him to be like, do you know who I am? But because I don't have a dad, I thought that this was like a legitimate question. <laughs> and, and it's since been one that I frequently ask people, like I'll probably ask you guys later <laughs> on a one-to-one -one basis. That said, it's, it's pretty okay that I don't have a dad. And the reason it's okay is because of television. <laughs> television has given me some really great father figures. So basically, Bob Saget is my dad. Um, Full House, the first episode, aired in 1987, which is also the year I was born. So it's almost the first eight years of my life I spent watching this show. And Bob Saget is the picture-perfect patriarch. I mean, he has these three daughters, and he loves them a lot, so he invites his two best friends to come in and help raise them. So they get three dads. Um, which is just a total embarrassment of riches. And I was like, yeah, okay, then I'll just make him one of my dads too. I mean, some of my earliest memories involve my like neat freak father clowning around with my uncles, John Stamos and Dave Coulier. Um, but I have some real life memories too, but none of them make me feel that feeling of father-daughter love that I got from Full House. I'm thinking about the time where my dad, Bob Saget, was singing My Girl in some child-friendly nightclub while Uncle Jesse rocks out on the bass behind him. Um, and I'm sitting in the audience with my sisters, DJ, Stephanie, and Michelle. And we can really just feel how much he loves us because it's my girl, right? So Full House went off the air in 1995. Um, but it was cool because I still got to spend a lot of quality time, QT, with my dad, Bob Saget, because of America's Funniest Home Videos. If it wasn't for America's Funniest Home Videos, I don't think I would know what a dad joke is. And that's the most important part of having a dad, <laughs> is to know what a dad joke is. You need to be able to recognize that. Yeah. <laughs> you have a jokey dad. <laughs> um... <laughs> So a dad joke is a joke that makes you groan, like, oh, dad. And that's exactly what watching America's Funniest Home Videos is. It's like, here's this guy, and he makes me feel a little bit happy, but also deeply embarrassed. <laughs> so I feel like I didn't really miss anything in the dad department because I had that. Um, to get further into what a dad joke consists of, it's usually body humor or slapstick humor or a pun, like a really ridiculous pun. In preparation for this talk, I watched a few um, clips from America's Funniest Home Videos on YouTube. And there was one where like a kid stands up and then falls down, and Bob Saget was like, she won't stand for that. <laughs> so that's basically a dad joke. But the best and most daddest of the dad jokes are the kind of jokes where the, the speaker, the dad joke teller, is like, telling a joke about how they know all these cool things, but in the telling of the joke, they reveal how desperately and deeply uncool they are. Um, a relatively recent example would be on Modern Family, and if I were younger, Ty Burrell would be my dad. But he's talking to the audience, so he's talking to us, and he's saying, like, I'm so cool, I know how to send a text message. I even know, like, text abbreviations, you know, like W2F or Why the Face. Um, but back to my dad, Bob Saget. He, um, so th there was a period in time 
aka the teenage years, where I went through a little bit of a rebellious period, and that the best thing I could do to rebel was to stop watching TV. I mean, it's obvious based on how my earliest memories are television that TV was kind of a big deal in my family. So it put a lot of good, necessary distance between me and my mom, but it also put a lot of distance between me and Bob Saget. Um, so that was kind of hard. And then when I was about 17, I saw The Aristocrats. <laughs> and that was terrible. <laughs> for, for the very few of you, apparently, in the audience that don't know, The Aristocrats is the joke that is the opposite of a dad joke, even though it will still make you groan. Um, it's basically a joke about how lurid and vulgar and disgusting comedians are. Uh, the premise of the joke is that there is this family of performers and they're auditioning for a show or to get an agent and they do really, really fucked up things to each other. In the Bob Saget version of this joke, it's like a family of, I think he says, maybe six, I don't fucking know people, including the children, and by the end of it, they are all covered in their own vomit and feces, the children have concussions, and the mother dies. So I was like, whoa, dad. <laughs> um, and, and the worst part about watching The Aristocrats and my dad, Bob Saget, was how clearly he was on drugs. <laughs> like, he was sweating, and he kept interrupting himself, and you could see that he was having the time of his life. And then I realized that he failed me as a father because I know what it's like when someone's on drugs. <laughs> like, what a bad dad. <sighs> but as it turns out, he probably was only doing America's Funniest Home Videos because he needed to maintain his property, because he needed to get paid. And watching him in The Aristocrats, it dawned on me that, you know, He's exactly like most dads, like he'd rather sit in a dark bar and make people laugh, just like all of us here at Trampoline Hall. Thanks. Emily Keeler, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Trampoline Hall podcast. I'm Misha Boberman. Up next, the Q&A. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Are there, are there any questions? 
Uh, I'll go to you, sir. Yes, you, sir. What were the other uh, TV dads that weren't necessarily the central figure, but that kind of played smaller roles? I were there other I... T- the question is repeat. Were there other TV dads who were who were important? I think I went to university because of Fraser Crane. <laughs> <laughs> but but because, why? Because you had to get out of the house, or <laughs> because you wanted to be erudite like him? I think I think it was like. I wanted to be a learned person. I was attracted to him because he was a part-time dad. That's the kind of relationship I can get behind with a parent, you know, just like on the weekends. I didn't even know he was, had kids on that show. Yeah, he had like this really annoying chubby kid. Um, yeah. Does anyone remember his name? What? Frederick. Frederick, all right. Yeah. All right, <laughs> all right so, there, so, Fraser Crane, so Fraser Crane was, the other, was, another, was another dad. Uh, yes, you ma'am, yes. Did your mom have did your mom have an opinion on Bob Saget? I don't think so. She used to call Wolf Blitzer her lover. <laughs> like, what's her, how would that come up? Like, in what capacity would that? <laughs> that was just like her TV man. Okay, she'd be like, oh, time for me to watch my lover, Wolf Blitzer. Like, it would just <laughs> yeah, be as, yeah, exactly. as simple as that. Okay. All right, but she, she, had, she had no strong feelings about Bob Saget. She was never like, oh, you watch too much of that Bob Saget or... Oh, well, I, I don't think that she knew that I was like, he's my dad. You know he's my dad, right? Like, we didn't talk about it. It was just watching America's Funniest Home Videos is like, where else are you going to see people fall over all the time? I mean, right. now we have YouTube, but back then that was pretty much it. Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, oh, yeah, so all the way back to the room, yes. Uh, have, have you ever seen Half-Baked with Bob Saget? Have you seen Half-Baked with Bob Saget? <laughs> No. Three people, three people chuckle knowingly, and everyone else is like, Ooh. "What is what is what is half baked with Bob Saget? Is it is it a drug movie or a bean movie or neither?" It's a smoking weed movie. It is. Okay. At one point, um, Dave Chappelle is talking about being a drug addict for weed, and Bob Saget shouts out, "Have you ever sucked dick for weed, man?" <laughs> It'd be so much more fun. Show. If somebody, I think somebody came and lectured about their real dad, and people just shouted out embarrassing, <laughs> fucked up things about their real dad at them. And I'm sort of trying to imagine that in some way that's what's happening here. Are you going to go see that movie now, or? Yeah, probably. All right, okay, there you go. Uh, yeah, see you all the way in back of the room. Yes, you, sir. Uh, are there any anti-dad figures, fictional or otherwise? Are there are there anti-dad figures for you? What do you mean by an anti-dad figure? Like a mom? <laughs> Sorry? Okay, so like, yeah, someone who's that, okay. Well, I feel like after I saw The Aristocrats, um, <laughs> Bob Saget is kind of a no-dad dad. I mean, like, he makes a joke about fucking his kids in the movie, and then he's like, oh, wait, can you cut that? Because I actually have kids. <laughs> So Bob Saget, so Bob Saget, paradoxically, is both dad and anti-dad. Yeah. <laughs> As, all right. So there is that, is that, does that, uh, does that answer your question? Is that, all right. Any other, I'll ask you, sir, yeah, oh, you, sir, I'm sorry, but you're a lady, I think. It's a dark over there. <laughs> Whatever you are, dark figure over there. Have you ever tried to reach out to Bob Saget? As his lost <laughs> Have you ever tried to reach out to Bob Saget as his lost daughter? No. No. And why, why not? I feel like 
if I were to do that, I would probably do it with my biological father and not Bob Saget. <laughs> Now, when you say you don't have a father, obviously at some level you have a father, like some, someone, but is he, so he's, he's, he, I take it he's alive, is that right? As far as I know, I was conceived on um, Halloween, so it was a costume party. Oh my God, <laughs> really? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was, can I ask what he was dressed as? He was Zorro. <laughs> and, and my mom was a nun in a full habit. <laughs> Oh my god, that's the, that's the dirtiest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that's amazing. And was and they, had they not met before? They were just That was like... the first time they met and then they were like kind of fuck buddies for a while and my mom was 26 and he was 20 and she was like I'm going to have a baby and he was like I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! And then and then so so then they just they, he just I don't know what Zorro does. Is he right <laughs> off in the sunset or he I don't, I don't know that he spins up in a tornado. I don't even know what Zorro does. Yeah, I don't know. He just left, but he left, and so yeah. I mean, he was twenty. I would leave. Like <laughs> it is. I think I think it is true that when you do something you're twenty, you have no moral responsibility for it whatsoever. When is you that, do it no, as Zorro, doubly as Zorro. so. But it was, so so they just and so he so they maintain. I, I'm just I, I, if there are twenty year olds in the audience, it's not okay to impregnate <laughs> someone and leave town, even if you are in a costume. It's still even on Halloween. It's still not technically okay. Um, just to clarify that. But okay, so so they didn't keep in touch or anything like that or I don't think so I think my mom was like pretty like no I'm gonna do this on my own I'm an independent woman and like I mean she's the kind of person who raised me on TV and told me the story of my own conception like she's kind of a free spirited person right, right, right. <laughs> so. All right. any other any other questions you, you, you ma'am yes uh, yes, you, yes you, the lady in the yellow uh, t-shirt who's like, uh, uh, do you know what parts of your personality you might have uh, received from your dad, Bob Saget? That's a great... Wait, what, what parts of her personality come from her dad, Bob Saget? Was that your... I was like, oh, that's a great question, but you're asking something about Bob Saget. And, all right. I was so, I, okay, I, I, have my, I know what my next question is, but let's say, sure. What did you get from Bob Saget? Well, I think that from Bob Saget, I kind of like... Because he's a big neat freak on Full House and a filthy pervert in real life. Um... <laughs> So on Full House, he's a neat freak, and I think that I kind of rebelled about against that, and I'm a little bit of a slob, um, but I'm also a filthy pervert, so I guess it's kind of like <laughs> you win some, you lose some. <laughs> All right. Did you have a question over there? Yes, you, sir. Yeah. Um, so if your, your biological father was wearing a disguise when you were conceived, if you consider that it's not, it's not, uh, you can't eliminate the possibility that your biological father <laughs> <laughs> so your biological father might have been Bob Saget. <laughs> you actually started fanning yourself when that question came in. I got really excited. Started, that would be you the actually best. did this like, you did this like, oh well. <laughs> uh, that would be the best. I hadn't considered it before. Well, let's let's take a moment and consider it now. Do you think that it might be a possibility? Uh, technically, it's a possibility. Right. <laughs> I, I don't think it's very probable, though. Now, how come? Well, I'm from Calgary. It was a small town. My mom and Zorro had like a brief friendship afterwards where it was not revealed that he was Bob Saget. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, so you think that would be the kind of thing that your mom would be like, oh, uh, I, I feel like what if it was Bob Saget, she would tell me. <laughs> it, would be a weird, it would be a weird detail to omit from the story. Yeah. 
she is a free spirit. <laughs> but yeah, you're probably, you're probably right. It's okay, true. So. But it's nice, but it's true. That possibility is there. All right. Uh, yes, you, sir. Yes, you. Yeah, you with the, with the guy. Uh, this is maybe a tough one. How, how do you relate to Zorro now? How do you relate to Zorro, Zorro the fictional character? This not... is so fucked up, you guys, but when that Antonio Banderas movie came out, <laughs> so many weird feelings. <laughs> That's all I want to say about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yes, you, sir. Um, in the, the course of your uh, research and um, personal reflections, uh, have you come across any common, I guess, you would put them, all the daddy issues? Have you come across daddy issues? You, you, you took a long time to, there was a lot of lead up, but that was the... Well, I mean, I am a woman, and there is patriarchy, and that's kind of a big daddy issue for me. <laughs> right, so that, uh, just, just man controlling the economy. And yeah, the I mean, like, it, it kind of sucks that, like, old dudes are going to make more money than I probably ever will. That's a daddy issue. Um, let's see. Oh, I have to pay for tampons. Also a daddy issue. Yeah, that's basically it. All right. Good answers all, I think. I'm curious, I'm curious about this idea that, you know, I only ever half thought about it, and it seems obvious to me, and I've always been curious about it, but at the very beginning of the lecture, you talk about the idea that, like, people actually didn't have an understanding of paternity. Is, is that right? Do you know, is that right? Is that true? Like, people would just be like, well, sex is fun, and well, women sometimes get pregnant, but no one was like... It, it doesn't actually, like, make a lot of sense. I mean, it makes sense when you consider how we organize our society, which is mostly based on, like, heterosexual monogamous pairs. I mean, obviously, that's because we figured out what paternity is. Yeah. But, I mean, human societies, even now, there are places in the world where they aren't necessarily organized that way. And, and was, there, was, did you, is there a, was there a time when people really didn't... Because it's not... I mean, I always think, like, it seems like such a natural thing. This is such a stupid question because I know there's an answer to this. But, like... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know that like that makes it a stupid question because there's an answer. <laughs> but 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 like did people used to were there were there vast cultures where people used to just not know that at all? Because because I guess to me it always seems like like when I think naively about animals having like I think about animals watching humans doing like weird shit or watching porn. And what I always imagine is I always imagine I imagine the, I always imagine the animals thinking like stupid humans you won't make a baby that way. But of course the animals they don't know. They don't, I, I have a weird ideas about animals. But like. But the animals, they don't know, like, they probably don't know that they're making a baby, do they? Like, or... Well, it's like, even in, um, like, even in, in, I mean, they knew this by the time of the ancient Greeks, but the ancient Greeks thought that semen had, like, a magical property, and that's why, like, you know, the awesome older dude would fuck his, like, cool younger dude friend, because he was, like, bestowing that magical property. Right. Um, so, I mean, so, but who was knows? one of the magical properties impregnating women, or were they just, like... Or is it just like, it does anything? I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. So they knew it was special. We, we're not, between the two of us, we're not yeah. sure if they knew what it was special for. I didn't bring my phone on stage, otherwise I would look, look it up. up. I would be awkward on stage if you were like looking things up. Does anyone know? Did people, was there like a point where people figured this out? Or was that... Is there no, there's no one here in the room who knows when people figured out where babies to, come from? Like in this entire fair, room? I was like, I don't never really thought when, about it. When I googled it. that this past week in multiple different search functions, like 
I, the internet couldn't tell me specifically at what point we understood that it takes like both male and female genetic material to make a baby. So. Wait, okay. There's uh, all right. Here's a here's a, there a couple of I assume sex historians have their hands up here. <laughs> yes. Do you want to do you want to answer to that? Yeah. Clear that although the ancient Greeks maybe did not understand that semen itself was the thing, yeah. they did understand that you needed both parts and that semen was probably involved. <laughs> So, so the ancient Greeks knew that there were, they knew that there was sex and babies, and they figured semen was involved. The ancient Hebrews understood that if you didn't involve the semen, but just had the sexy times, you didn't get it either. Oh, right, because in the Bible they understand that, right, you don't have, they, they knew about... They don't know what's in the sperm or how it works. They right. know that, like, sperm and eggs and doobie-doobie-doo. Right, in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for covering up the dirty part with doobie-doobie-doo. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. So, that, so they knew it at least then. Okay. So that's that's helpful. That's helpful a little bit. This is just this is just the audience answering my question. Yes. 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 You, yes. Aristotle described the sperm as a little man that goes into the womb, and then the womb, if it's hot enough, produces a man. Yay! And if it's too cold or messed up, it produces females. <laughs> so Aristotle pretty much had it right. He knew. And that's why in Renaissance you get drawings of sperm by Michelangelo that are a little man crumpled up into a sperm shape. They thought that the sperm, that was the whole guy. At some point, someone thought that. So, some, so, so Aristotle thought there was a little dude in the sperm, and then if something went wrong in the womb, like it was too cold, it would turn into a lady. Yes. Okay. That happens on The Simpsons, too. <laughs> Wait, what happens on The Simpsons? It's like when, when Homer impregnates Marge with Bart, oh, the sperm Bart. is a little Bart. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true, that's true. That's one of the many ways in which The Simpsons exhibits an Aristotelian understanding of reality. <laughs> Any other questions? Yes, you, sir. I want to bring it back to your family. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for getting it away from the sperm where I left everything for so long. If Colin Saget was your father, which of the Olsen twins do you feel closer to as a sister? Well, on the show, they were just one person. Right. I'm almost exactly, I think I'm a year younger than the Olsen twins, so I probably just kind of projected that role as my role in the right. Tanner family. So you could almost be like the third, the third Olsen twins. Yeah, like they would yeah, just we would just rotate the three yeah. of us. Yeah. Oh, yes, you, sir, yes. Um, how did the advent of high-definition television affect your family? <laughs> did HDTV, high-definition television, affect your family life is the mis- slightly mysterious question to me. Well, I... I during my, my rebellion, when I was, like, 14, I stopped watching TV, and I haven't really watched TV since. So, I mean, like, sometimes, like, on, I'll rent a DVD from Queen Video instead of downloading it because I'm afraid of viruses. But, <laughs> like, I don't really watch television. All right, so, so not at all. And do you, th- you really and you think that's just because you, like, have to get away from the medium that Bob Saget <laughs> is in? I think it's probably just better to develop relationships in the real world. All right. Well, let's end on that doubtful message. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Emily Keeler, ladies and gentlemen. Trampoline Hall was created in the 21st century by Sheila Hetty and is hosted by me. This episode's lecture was chosen by Mark Slutsky. The podcast is produced by Josh Block. Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. Trampling Hall is a sumo audio podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. I'm Misha Globerman. Thanks for listening.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.